Previously on Nerd Talkalypse Podcast. No coma, Gimple reiterated. It's not the coma. It's not the coma. <laughs> uh, it's a scenario. So yeah, that's needed to be said, guys. From, straight from the fucking writing room. This is the Nerd Talkalypse Podcast. Your one-stop shop for everything nerd. We provide the latest and greatest from trending pop culture and fandoms alike. So take a break from killing zombies with your lightsaber, hang up your cape and cowl, and hop onto the Hogwarts Express and ride your way over to Geek Town to fight our gym leaders and hosts of the show, Lane Stipe and Deej Penhollow. What is up, nerd enthusiasts? Thank you for joining us for episode 68 of Nerd Talk Lips. Yay. <laughs> Uh, we're here doing an, a news episode, and we're also going to do some, uh, we're going to talk about Justice League Dark, which is a, the animated film, not not to be confused with the upcoming live action film. They're doing a live action one? Yes. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, everybody that we that was in that movie is also going to be in it. Oh, yeah. going to be pretty fucking cool. Now, it, <coughs> like, lost, it lost a director and all this stuff, but it's still totally happening. Is it going to be a theater thing, or is it going to be... It is going to be a theater movie, yeah. It's going to be part of the DCEU. Do we have a year, or... it? I am assuming 2019. Still, dude, if, I, if, if they can do that exact movie in live action, it would be awesome. Fucking right, dude. That would be nuts. And uh, I, be, I, I, the rumor was for a long time that uh, Colin Farrell was going to be Constantine. Hmm. Which I was like, hmm, yeah, I can totally see it. He has, he's got the accent. That's th- probably why. I think they should use the Constantine from the show Constantine. He was, I agree. He was a per- fantastic Constantine. Oh, he's perfect. But that would that would <laughs> you know any people that would piss off that they used him from the fucking CW universe and not Grant Gustin for the Flash? Yeah, but either way, you know they they can do whatever they want. And I'm down with it. All right, so first things first, we got some shout-outs from new friends. Uh, the Odd Dad Out podcast. Uh, listen as one dad talks family life, general nerdery, podcasting, weird news, and dumb criminals all through the filter of a father of four who is crotchety far beyond his years. <laughs> I totally listened to one of his episodes the other day, and it was pretty entertaining, i got to say. He ranted quite a bit about a parent-teacher conference um, that he had to go to and then talked about weird news and all, all that good shit. So it was pretty interesting. So if you're a parent and you have you can relate, then check it out because I'm sure you'll be able to be like, "Yep, uh huh, that sounds about right." <laughs> I'll have to give that a listen. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I mean, it's just uh, he's from like Arizona, I think, and he, uh, yeah, he's uh, got a nice like soothing voice. It's not really all that <coughs> annoying to to hear, but he's he's interesting and he's he's he swears up a storm. It surprised me. He has a soothing voice and he's handsome. <laughs> my co my co host thinks. I have another shout out. Uh, this guy is a YouTube channelist, however you want to say that, and uh, he is known as Seth the Programmer. Now, I like this guy specifically because he likes to debunk the death battle fucktards, and he, you know, he he does it legit. You know, he goes in there and he proves without a doubt that Goku one hits Superman, and you know, he truly proves. You know, it's amazing. Like he he completely goes against their, you know, he de- he debunks their math. He debunks everything they say. And it's just awesome. Like he does a lot. Of, he does a lot of videos about shit. Like it's really cool. Like this guy knows his shit, and you know, check him out. You know, he you know he he's far above us. You know, he has hundreds of thousands of views, but he's probably not even going to register on that we talked about him. But I'm gonna tag his ass on Twitter. Do it. But he is, dude. He's dope. Like I love it. I fucking watch every video that I can. Every time I'm on break, I watch a new video of his, and I just because I hate the death battle guys too, man. This nonsense bullshit. Like, ugh. <laughs> So, all right, awesome. (laughs) 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 Okay, and then uh, I don't know if I have any non-nerdy recommends. I mean, typical. I mean, if anybody's never watched Orange Is the New Black, I think it's a great show. I would just watch. I just finished the newest season not that long ago. It's good. Right. Oh, dude, Baby Driver (laughs) is on Vudu, and I really want to fucking watch it. Yeah, me too. I saw. I was like, oh yeah, baby, that driver. I I really want to (laughs) watch. <laughs> I really want to watch uh, Transformers Last Night. It's on there as well. Mm. And yeah. Slight. Slight is on there. Yeah. Slight's been on there. Yeah. I just really want to watch it. <laughs> All right. So I finished uh, Luke Cage. Um, and I have uh, skipped Iron Fist. Lane watched some of Iron Fist. I watched most. I only have a little bit left of Iron Fist, but I 
There's this awesome under 10 minute recap that we watched in it. Pretty much, it tells you everything you need to know. I would I, still watch Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. Iron Fist, it was just, I liked Iron Fist, but it was hard to finish. You know, I mean, like it, it was hard for me to want to. You know, a great show, you have to want to, you know, you shouldn't have to be like, I got to watch this. Like, you know what I mean? You, you want to have to, you have to want to watch it. Like, you're not alone in thinking <coughs> that everybody feels the same way about it. I watched a, uh, like a recap, uh, like a twelve minute recap of Iron Fist, and it was fucking funny, dude. Like the guy who was recapping it is hysterical. Same guy. No, it was a totally different dude. But uh, dude, there's this there's a part of it that I got to show you, and it was something like there's like a scene where he's like trying to bust heroin dealers. Mm. He's like, so he goes to the to the to the shipyard to, to uh, bust these heroin dealers, and he quickly realizes that. <coughs> He can't figure out if it's heroin in the boxes or not because you can't see heroin through cardboard boxes. And I was fucking dying, dude. It was so funny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we've done that. And uh, both of us have started Defenders. Yes. So, And because this is all in preparation for something that we'll announce possibly at the end, maybe uh, another week, um, about a special guest we have coming on the show. So that'll be cool. And then last but not least in the top part of the show here, uh, the Funko Pop Contest. Now, listen... You guys could totally be winning a free Gladiator Hulk Funko Pop from us. It's super easy. All you got to do is go to iTunes, Stitcher, or hell, even our Facebook page and just give us a review. It doesn't even have to be good. Just give us a review. And you fuck could, you guys, and you guys might win a, punk, a Funko Pop. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's super easy to do, and we'll. all you got to do is you know, we'll contact you after it happens. We'll choose a winner on Monday, October 16th during that day's episode. All right. And we'll literally just send it right to you. <laughs> That's it's as easy as that. And it is. it comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow is the release of this Funko Pop. And you don't have to pay the $11 for it wherever you buy Funkos from. All you got to do is review it and you could win. I'm telling you right now, the chances are pretty solid. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, we have no Walking Dead Universe news, so we'll move right into the DC Universe news. Okay, we have here, it says Supergirl to get a new suit in Season 3. That seems to be a typical thing among the CW universe. Every season, they have a their suits a little bit different. Yeah, and like you know, Flash recently got a, a different kind of suit. Yeah, no, and that and then that suit <coughs> they just announced is uh, gonna be the suit for season four. Fuck yeah! So that's pretty cool. <coughs> but I like uh, you know, Arrow Arrow suits always changing a little bit. From the, if you look from the beginning season to the now, it's quite a bit different. Yeah. There was that one year, that one whole season where he was sleeveless. Yeah. The whole time. <laughs> All right. So, uh, next thing here is the Justice League movie. It is rumored to have two Green Lanterns show up. Uh, this news came from Umberto Gonzalez on Periscope. Um, I don't know if it, it might coincide with the next little rumor we have as part of this is that the Justice League movie will also have two post credit scenes. So, well, hell yeah. There's possible, you know, a possibility that 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 maybe they'll show up in one of those or both of them. You know how much backlash they're going to Oh, they're trying to be like Marvel with the post-credits. Oh, fuck off. Marvel is not the first movies to do that, I don't think. No. There's been post-credit scenes in other things, I'm sure. Either way, like, you know what I mean? It's a great uh, ta- tactic to get the audience to sit through all the fucking credits. Yeah, and to want to see the next one, like... You know, if they, if they tease, like, Darkseid or... You know, that's like they did Thanos, like, you know... Like, right. I'm hoping we just see Darkseid in the movie in some way or another in general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say. Well, moving on, then. Uh, reportedly, the Batman the Batman will start filming in the summer of 2018. So we'll probably get it in late 2019 or early 2020. <clears throat> depending on how long it takes them and what you know they're all the troubles they go through who knows i bet early 2019 or or probably i bet you uh like may march or may like like batman v superman was mm. in 2019 i doubt it would come out in 2018 but either way that's pretty cool and i also <laughs> read today i didn't put it in here but the the joe manganiello's deathstroke was cut from the dceu as of why because when Matt Reeves took over the Batman, he just basically was just like, I'm starting over. That's horseshit, dude. I love the idea of him being Deathstroke. I mean, it, I mean, it could, I guess it could, you know, come to fruition still. But, like, he basically is just like, we're starting over completely. They're not using Deathstroke in 
that movie at all. So horse pussy. I don't. I don't. I don't know. But re- basically, what the article said was that they were gonna go with the uh, from uh, what what game is it? The Arkham Origins, where he fucks around with Deathstroke. Yeah. <clears throat> they said they were gonna. They were gonna essentially do that exact thing. He's gonna set a bunch of traps and just fuck with Batman the whole time. Which also, I was like, I would have been pretty fucking cool to see. You also see Deathstroke in uh, Arkham Knight. Okay. Well, either way, maybe you know, maybe we'll, you know maybe, this is all rumor and speculation until it actually fucking hits the big screen. So maybe it'll happen. Who knows? <coughs> either way, Drummond. I, th- I thought it was gonna be like perfect, dude. Oh, dude, he is perfect. I mean, I hope that they keep going with that cast later on. All right, so uh, last week we reported that uh, Leo DiCaprio was in the running for the Joker, and now it is also being speculated that Jackie Earl Haley um, might possibly be the Joker in something. Maybe the Joker origin movie? We're not exactly sure. But uh, Boss Logic created a mock-up of this of this dude, and it is dope. Yeah, he looks very jokery, like very comic book jokery. Oh yeah, he's all, he's got the the fucking facial structure for it. It's beautiful. But Jackie Earl Haley, if that sounds familiar and you guys don't know who he is, he has played bad guys all across the pulp culture landscape from Freddy Krueger to oh. RoboCop's Rick Maddox. He also <coughs> played the iconic role of Rorschach in Zack Snyder's film adaptation of The Watchmen, oh. soon to be an HBO series. And now we know what he could look like as a clown prince of crime. Uh, Boss Logic uh, did this depicting it. It's pretty fucking awesome looking. Yeah, look it up. It's cool. All right, so that'll complete DC <coughs> Universe news. All right, we got some Marvel Universe. We got here. Jim Carrey wants to work with Marvel. Who would he play well? Um, not fucking do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't so he, know. He, he, I almost said Carnage. Well, hell yeah. Yeah, like, he would play like any any crazy type character because he just plays that role good and. I don't know if I can see him as a hero in any way. Not that I can think of. No, no Marvel hero. What if we played someone like... Uh, oh, man. What the fuck is that dude's name? The one that I really like. The Superman type guy. From Sentry? Marvel. Sentry. What if we played Sentry? <coughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> like, oh, righty then. <laughs> and kick some ass. On the good foot. <laughs> <laughs> That's <a> weird. <laughs> There's another one I saw, man, that was pretty fucking weird. He's a weird guy. All right, so uh, this one is really exciting. So Stan <coughs> Lee, he is apparently yeah. super optimistic about getting X-Men and Fantastic Four rights back to Marvel eventually. He's quoted saying, um, sooner or later they're going to get, or they're going, yeah, they're going to get rights back to all our characters, Lee said. They're, wor- they're working on it, and they're still making X-Men movies and stuff, so don't worry about it. You'll get more Marvel superheroes, and you'll have time to look at in the next few years. So, I mean, that you know, you can't really argue with Stan Lee. We're going to have more Marvel superheroes, and we're going to get to look at in the next movie. Or yeah, damn straight. But, all right, that's inter- that's good. I mean, that would be really cool. I would love to see... I would love to see a Fantastic Four and Avengers crossover. Oh, fuck yeah. In the, in the X-Men, man. Yeah. <clears throat> That'll be sure. awesome. And uh, uh, the X-Force movie is coming after Deadpool 2. They're doing X-Force. And oh, yeah. Josh Brolin and Ryan Reynolds are going to both be in it, which will be awesome as fuck. It'll be interesting. I can't wait to see Deadpool 2. Oh, dude, I can't wait either. It's going to be awesome. <clears throat> so cool. All right, so we got a synopsis from Netflix's The Punisher with John Bernthal. has been officially released. After, expe- after after exacting revenge on those responsible for the death of his wife and children, Frank Castle uncovers a conspiracy that runs far deeper than New York's criminal underworld. Now known through the city as the Punisher, he must discover the truth about injustices that affect more than his family alone. Oh yeah, baby. <clears throat> I don't know if we're, he, he's. I don't think he makes an appearance in the Defenders. I I'm not sure if he does. He or doesn't not. yet. I mean, I'm halfway done with it. But I mean, right. I wish he would. That'd be cool. But either way, dude, that's gonna be awesome. There was like a kid that came into Domino's the other day and was like wearing a Punisher <coughs> shirt and a Punisher hat and he was a big Punisher fan. Had no fucking clue that the Punisher had appeared on Netflix. Who? Just some kid that came into Domino's. <coughs> oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, dude. Do I was like, what do you think of him in uh, Daredevil? He goes, what? I was like, you. I was like, you don't watch Netflix? And he goes, no. I was like, oh shit. Well, well you, you were about to it. be fucking enlightened, son. 
And, you know, it was a little slow, so I just, like, pulled up some scenes on my phone, and I showed him, and he was just like, Jesus Christ, dude, this is crazy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, dude, he goes, that destroys any Punisher that has ever been on screen in my Oh, book. yeah, he plays the best Punisher to date, hands down, in my opinion. And he, goes, and he goes, it's even more exciting, because I had no idea that there was a Daredevil TV show, and I was like, what the fuck, dude, are you living under a rock? Right. How the hell do you not know that there's a Daredevil show that is loved by millions? Right. That's crazy, but he's like, I'm fucking buying Netflix tonight. <laughs> I was like, I don't blame you, man. Do Go it. for it. <clears throat> but anyway, so here's a little interesting thing that I found out about, and I decided to put it in here because uh, I've wondered about this plenty. Have you ever wondered why there has never or there hasn't been a standalone Hulk movie planned with Mark Ruffalo, like after the Avengers and Avengers 2 and all that shit? So often we talk about the different deals that Marvel characters have with other studios in the world, i.e. Deadpool, X-Men, Fantastic Four with Fox and Sony having the Spider-Man franchi- franchise, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the Hulk has its rights with Universal for standalone purposes only. Uh, Marvel has a deal where the Hulk can appear in any ensemble film, but not a standalone unless Universal does it. Hmm. So that's why we're getting big Hulk stories sprinkled into Avengers stories and other Avengers standalone <coughs> flicks. Hell yeah. Such as Thor, uh, which is, I, I mean, <coughs> it works too. I can but, accept that. I mean, I don't. I don't really care to have another solo Hulk film. It would be cool to see like a Hulk, She-Hulk film or uh, even yeah. Red Hulk, like a legit Red Hulk movie. And yeah, and know. I'm I'm on I'm on board with the same you know the same way. I I, mean, I I have to admit I was on the bandwagon whenever at the end of Avengers two when you see Hulk going off on his own mm-hmm. and before Thor Ragnarok was ever even a thing. I was totally on under the, you know I thought that they were going to do Planet Hulk right. Like, it was a, this is kind of going to be similar to Planet, like, like the combining Planet Hulk with Ragnarok. Right, right, and then, and I I thought for a while I was like, why the fuck did they do it? I had no idea that Universal had Hulk as a, as this. That was their deal. And I would still love a live action fucking Wolverine Hulk fight movie. Oh hell yeah, that would be fucking pimp, dude. But if they, I mean, if they get all their rights back eventually, you know, you, who knows what the Marvel universe could look like in ten years? Like, right, it could be nuts, <laughs> like. Just so many fucking movies left and right. If if they ever get Fantastic Four back, dude, that's going to be amazing. I guarantee it. So amazing. This next one's bullshit. I know. It's weird. Uh, Disney announces their departure from Netflix in 2019. This will remove all Disney content from the widely popular streaming service and be moved over to Disney's own streaming service. You might be asking, why is this in the Marvel section? Why is this nerd news? Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, The Defenders, that's why they... Are they safe? We don't know yet. So be prepared... In the future, if they leave, could be a big mistake, or Disney might use it as some sort of uncharacteristic MacGuffin to rally the fans toward their new service as well. That's, they just got in there. I know. It's very, very bizarre. But, I mean, it is... It, it's not... Is Jessica Jones and all that fucking Disney? It's Marvel. Disney owns Marvel outright? Yeah. Hmm. Disney owns pretty much... Yeah, I mean... They own Marvel outright, but you know the rights are spread out all, all over the place. But I, I mean, I would imagine if Netflix creates the content, you know what I mean? They film it, like they're putting That's it out there. They're Disney pussies. It's just weird, <laughs> but who knows? I guess you know. Only they're removing <laughs> Star Wars too. Everything Star Wars is leaving Netflix. You know, it's just crazy. And they're gonna go to the. It, it's own, you know. All these fucking companies out there, just like let's uh, you know, let's create our own streaming service because that's what's popular now. And like people go yeah. to just Netflix and Hulu to avoid paying a cable bill. But before you know it, you're going to be paying you're going to be paying the exact same amount because like fucking Warner Brothers is doing it with their own DC thing and they're removing everything from every every streaming service and putting it all on there. It'd be stupid for them because what makes Netflix better? Like if Disney did just that specifically. You're eventually going to watch everything they have to offer, so you're not going to use it. You know, Netflix has so, you know, having it combined like that, where there's all that Disney shit on Netflix plus everything else it has. Right. You're never gonna you're gonna always need Netflix, but if you know, eventually you're going to watch all these shows, you're going to watch all the movies, and you're going to be caught up on everything, and you're not going to fucking use it. It's going to be stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't like that. That's dumb. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. So I guess I guess we'll see how it works for them. If people. Disney's such a fucking huge market that like it's probably gonna work great. That's what sucks. <coughs> yeah. All right. It's even more stupid. They are such a huge market. Why the hell do they even need to do that? I don't know. Because they're fucking greedy. Fuckers. <laughs> Always looking to make their next billion. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, Star Wars Universe news here. Now, as we Ooh. said last week, there is nothing concerning The Last Jedi on here. All right, we're not we're not doing any any stories unless it involves the greater picture and not the movie itself. Right. So uh, this one is involving episode nine. Colin Trevorrow, uh, he apparently he's a bit of an asshole. He was fired from episode nine. Who is he? He was the director for Jurassic World. Mm. All right, and they they brought him on specifically for that criteria because because the, the the cash cow that the, the Jurassic World ended up being. For what it was, being like a sequel to a fucking movie that already had like a giant fan base, and right. and him doing such a great job, you know, and that movie and, was awesome, and fans, yeah, and fan service and things like that. They were like, well, fuck yeah, let's bring him in for uh, you know episode nine. And this dude, this dude had fucking vision, man. Like he wanted to fucking actually go to space to get some exterior like B roll shots huh. for this movie. And Kathy Kennedy fired his ass because he's a, an asshole. Like, you don't have he, to be an asshole. You don't have to. You can be an asshole and make a great movie. Yeah, I, apparently he just like he was there was there was some um, writing conflict, and he would just like come in there and be like, you know, Star Wars, Lucasfilm. To my understanding, they have they have something called the uh, the story group, the Star Wars story group, and they they specifically focus on the greater world of star wars and what it is so they all these dudes sit around like at a fucking D <coughs> table and they play out the whole fucking thing <coughs> and that's and that and this is all 100 percent okayed by all the writers and everything like that so when the director comes in they give him like beats they're like all right well so you need to make this happen this happen this happen and this happen and what happened how you get to those points that's on you that's where your writing comes into play so colin trevor was just like no 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 i'm gonna do it this way and they're like well fuck you you're fired yeah, you know, I mean it's the same reason those two dudes got fired from the Han Solo movie. Well, you, uh, you got to let a director be a director, man. Like, uh, yeah, I know. I, I, it's, it's, it's weird. They're, they're very strict, but they have a formula that works. So they, they don't like to fuck with it. But J.J. Abrams is returning to write and direct. So some people were really pissed. Some say bring it on. Um, I say trust Lucas and Disney film. Like, you know, they're, right. they're not going to let anybody really fuck up the money printing machine. That is Star Wars. Yeah. But so that's uh speaking of D&D table I was just r- real tangent here I, I went over to Theo's house to get some chili on, yeah. on my break the other day and they were playing uh, mutants and masterminds oh shit yeah that's awesome they said they have like pre there's like pre set up things like for like characters like Superman and Flash and you know, oh that is dope Colossus dude. and shit like that and what the <laughs> fuck I want to play. play that too <clears throat> but all right we got a Obi-Wan standalone confirmed with Ewan McGregor returning. Yeah. So, sorry, that news is broken as fuck. It's been out for ages. I totally forgot to put it in the show, so I just decided to throw it in here tonight because yeah. the Boba Fett standalone movie has also been confirmed. John Hamm from Mad Men and was proposed <coughs> and rumored to be Negan for ages is going to be voicing the fan favorite character. So that's pretty interesting. I guess in... Uh, uh, yeah, okay. In Harry Potter news, the uh, Cursed Child tickets go on sale this October. In New York? For New York. Oh, man. They start on sale in uh, on, like, October 5th. Or, no, like, pre-register. And then how you can much a- they are. I have no idea, but they it isn't airing until spring next year. So, and they're, if they're putting it on sale right now, dude, they're probably going to sell out fast as fuck. Can't even imagine, dude. But that'll be a really fucking good time when that happens. You know, nothing about prices, but they have it in a tickets go on sale soon, so <clears throat> Oh man. I would love to see how much it is so I can see if we can fucking go watch it. I would love to go fucking see it. I know. That would be fantastic. It's still like fucking nine months away, man. That's so it's crazy that the tickets are going on <coughs> sale so early. I bet I bet they're expecting just a massive They're probably not gonna be cheap. No. No no it's gonna be on fucking Broadway. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't imagine they're going to be cheap at all, plus the fucking trip. But all right, well, that'll complete nerd news, and we can go ahead and get right into the uh, meat. 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 <laughs> all right, we're talking about Justice League Dark. Uh, the animated movie. When even the Justice League can't handle all issues, and sometimes issues such as magic cannot be handled by the regular Justice League, so they have to resort to magic users to help them. Right. So, 
Yeah, because people like Superman is kind of useless against magic. You know, not not a lot of the regular DC, you know, they have, characters can really handle it. So they have to re- go to like people like Zatanna and Constantine, people that specialize in that type of, you know, that, that, that field. Right. And so this movie came out about nine months ago. <laughs> and uh, we talked about doing it nine months ago. We didn't do it. We never got around to it until this, like this past week. Yeah. So we're talking about it nine months later. So that's <laughs> fine. So, yeah, so the digital release was January 24th. The Blu-ray release was uh, February 7th. And we're going to go ahead and get right into the full... Re- oh, no, right here on the side is the uh, all the other information. Oh, yeah, so it's uh, we have it directed by Jay Oliva. Screenplay by Ernie Altbacker. Story by Ernie Altbacker and J.M. DeMatias. Damn, these names are crazy. <laughs> Based on Justice League Dark by Peter Milligan and Michael Janine. Starring Matt Ryan, Jason O'Mara, Camila Lundington, Nicholas Torturro, and Ray Chase. Music by Robert J. Crawl, edited by Christopher D. Lozinski. Production companies, Warner Brothers Animation and DC Entertainment. Distributed by Warner Home Video. Release date, we just said. Running time, 75 minutes. Country, United States, language, English. Good thing. (laughs) All right, so full <laughs> recap here. Let's just rock and roll. We can talk about it as we go. So all over the world, people suddenly begin panicking as they start to see everyone around them as demonic monsters and end up killing a good number of innocents before the members of the Justice League can stomp them. Deliberating about this strange outbreak, most of the League's members come to the conclusion that the magic must be involved in this. Despite his own past experiences with magic, Batman expresses his skepticism and walks out. Which is crazy. Like everything you've seen, you know, from aliens like Superman and like people like Wonder Woman and Martian Manhunter, you would be skeptical about anything. Is ridiculous. Right. Yeah, especially something like this. <laughs> Whatever. But as he returns to Wayne Manor to Wayne Manor, Wayne Manor to rest, he is temporarily possessed by Dead Man. Is that who that is? Yeah. Oh, Boston Brand is Dead Man. Okay. Um. Before he regains consciousness and finds the word Constantine written all over the walls. Yeah, so pretty much seek out Constantine. Now, in the beginning of this movie, it's funny because, like, there's, like, for example, there's a woman driving a car and she sees, like, all these demons and she, like, starts fucking mowing them down and shit. And then Wonder Woman stops her and she's, like, going crazy. And I think Wonder Woman just thinks, you're kind of nuts. Like, <laughs> you know, she just thought she was a fucking bad person. She's like, I see monsters everywhere, don't you? And she goes, I only see one. Yeah, she was fucking ridiculous. Like, <laughs> And so, and then, like you know, I think there was like a scene in a restaurant where everybody was monsters, or I might be just thinking of Markham Knight. I don't know. Oh, there's like a dude. It was like trying to like killing his family. Yeah. And yeah, well, like with a shotgun, just blasting this fucking monster, and this like she was like, "Honey, it's me, it's your wife," and she was like this weird like pizza face blob looking thing. <laughs> it's a me. I used to make the best. Of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny if that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was a pretty crazy beginning of a movie, you know, like, I like the Superman and Wonder Woman, the way they look, this, like, you know, the animation of them, this oh, is, yeah. that's like my favorite type, reminds me of, like, Justice League, uh, War, War, that type of, yeah, the, all these movies currently take place in the New 52 continuity, or so New 52 then, style animation, see, at first, so, so it was like, uh, it shows a guy, like, shaving in a mirror, but it looked like he was in, like, a cheap hotel, not the, it didn't look like the Wayne Manor to me, so I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> I was like, I think it's Bruce Wayne. I'm like, why is he not shithole? Like, it didn't, it didn't necessarily look like a shithole, but it didn't look like a fucking mansion room either. Like, it just right. looked like a regular room, like somewhere <sighs> I'd live. So I didn't understand. Like, it's funny, like, Dead Man possessed him, but Batman's so in control of his own head that he was able to fight it out. It was kind of cool, I think. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, he's like, this dude is so tough. He's a strong mind. Yeah. It's Batman. Yeah. You don't fuck with Batman. So then we get a, in a flashback to five days ago, it is shown that the occultist John Constantine and the company of Jason Blood uh, engaged <laughs> the demons in three, in, engaged the demons three in a poker game in Las Vegas for high-end stakes, even offering his home, the House of Mystery, as his part of the pool in exchange for a box of artifacts, including one called the Dreamstone. However, both parties cheated the game, and when Constantine exposed the demon's trickery, they attacked him. To save his life, Constantine unleashed Jason's alter ego, the demon Etrigan, who defeated the demons three, but not before they swore revenge on him. And he's a rhyming type of demon. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> he's cool as shit, dude. He's fucking badass. Hell yeah, he's badass. I love and I love how they briefly give you like a, a tiny little origin tale. 
of how Etrigan became bound to yeah from like the fucking the, the black Merlin yeah you know like back way back dude then. Merlin was dope yeah he's badass as fuck in that movie man I'll but, tell you what else is really cool was that like Constantine's house first of all hell yeah it's really interesting and the fact that like the, there's like a scene later in the movie where like that dude like gra- tries to grab that stone and it, and was it like, doesn't work and he's like you like that, huh? He's like, I have all my all my special valuables like suspended in in like another dimension, right? It's for their own safety. I was like, holy shit, dude! He's fucking <coughs> stacked in that house. It's so cool, and it just flies wherever he wants it to. It's I'm very gonna, interesting. I'm gonna read a little description of this uh, <coughs> house of mystery real quick for those of don't don't know. The, the house of mystery exists as a location in DC Universe, simultaneously just north of Louisville, Kentucky where it was built and almost immediately abandoned by one Cole Braithwaite before the American Civil War. And in the dreaming, very little is known about the House of Mystery in general. The architecture is indeterminate inter, and changes periodically. So, like, it just, it just, it's a magic house. It, you know, he, pretty, he, like, takes it with him places. It's kind of crazy. Uh, the same holds true for the insides of the house. The room constantly shifts, and no one ever enters the same room twice. The House of Mystery lies in the same graveyard as the House of Secrets, its companion, whereas... Abel resides in the House of Secrets. Cain makes the House of Mystery his abode. Cain is not the only person to have resided within the house, in addition to borders, including Mr. Mixus, Mixus Pitalik. Elvira took shelter within the house. Her brief stay in the House of Mystery... <laughs> her brief stay in the House of Mystery is notable for two reasons. First, the House of Mystery is established as being the same house throughout its publication history. Three distinct personalities of the house are shown. The original horror House of Mystery, a dark humor... House of Weirdness style, which harkened back to Kane's stint in Plop. In the current version of the House of Mystery in Kentucky, the second reason is the timing of Elvira's stay. She took up residence during the crisis on Infinite Earths. Elvira tasked by the House of Mystery to find Kane, took over his role of host for a brief period when Kane was relegated to being the butt of jokes during occasional cameos. Wait, like Elvira, Elvira? Elvira... What the fuck, dude? She was in Crisis on Infinite Earths? Apparently. Yeah, I think guess so. What the fuck, dude? That's wild. She's been in DC Comics, Eclipse Comics, and Claypool Comics. Very interesting. That I never fucking knew. She was on an episode of the girl. She was on an episode of a comic, comic book, man. That's why, that's why I was so confused. It's like Elvira, huh? So uh, the House of Mystery possesses sentience along with mystic powers. It has possessed someone before and merged with the House of Secrets briefly. This ties into constantly shifting appearance of the House of Mystery. It was torn down in a metafictional The House of Mystery number 321, but its existence was restored during the crisis. Batman entered the house in The Brave and the Bold, which I'd be, I want to watch that still, tripped on a floorboard and would have been shot had his pursuer gun not jammed. He never actually met Kane, who instead narrates a story about him occurring in Scotland. Superman teamed with Kane against Mr. Mixus Pitalik, who has attempted to take over the house in DC Comics' presence. Interesting. That's okay. very wild. Okay, so the house reappeared in New 52 in the pages of Justice League Dark, being used as a base for the team. The house is shown to currently belong to John Constantine, who claims to have won the key to the house in a poker game against Dr. Occult and Father Time. John <laughs> Constantine takes his time to adjust to the house of mystery due to the changing rooms and feels that the house has to play tricks on people and the superheroes that enter it. So yeah, there's a little bit about the house of mystery. It's fucking crazy, man. I didn't know any of that. <laughs> there's a whole comic series. Uh, Elvira's House of Mystery. Huh. That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, yeah. There's, learn something new every day, they say. All right, so let's see. But wait, what did we just talk about? Okay. But yeah, it was funny. That that poker game was funny. Like, you cheated. He goes, I just cheated better. We both cheated. I just cheated better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny. All right. So. He's badass in his own right, too. He. He's pretty smart, but he—he, he, I think he is like good with gadgets, like magical type gadgets. Like. Yeah, like he had like his own. Uh, he like brought up that map or whatever, and it like wasn't working. And Batman's like, if that was a computer, I'd say it's frozen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what it was, though. Like, it was—it was very interesting. Like a strange little GPS. It like went through like the pages of that dude's forehead to like locate him. It's very mm. strange. All right, so are you right here? Are we in the in the flashbacks? Batman. Oh, Batman. All right, so Batman visits the magician, Zay- the magician Zaytana after one of her performances. Mazana. <laughs> uh, after one of her performances and begins to ask about Constantine. 
with whom Zatanna had a disappointing romantic history. <laughs> Dead Man possesses Batman once again and tells Zatanna she needs to bring Batman to John. Uh, Zatanna agrees to bring Batman to Constantine, but on the way to the House of Mystery, a conjure tornado is set against them by an unknown sorcerer from a remote location. The trio narrowly make it in time to make it inside John's house, where they are joined by Black Orchid, a manifestation of the House of Mystery's magic. After some exposition on everyone present by Black Orchid, the group of the group gathers to share information, and after a quick discussion and some argument between John and Zatanna, uh, they form a team to investigate the cause and the reason for these supernatural occurrences. Yeah, I don't really have much to say in that one. It was funny. They were, like, arguing for no reason, Batman. It's like, we were wasting time. Like, yeah, dude. Fucking you, they sure as fuck are. <laughs> so then we got uh, the hero visits a friend of Constantine. Zatanna's name Richie Simpson. But outside the house, they find shroud spirits waiting to collect Richie's soul upon his upcoming demise. Which they're kind of like uh, death, like, this, like Grim Reapers looking things. Yeah, there's multiple. It's strange. That's like the, there's that meme that says, you can be as tough as you want, but you'll never be as tough as Batman saying, uh, scaring uh, death when he says boo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after banishing the shrouds, the team is granted entry by Simpson, who is suffering from a magical cancer and resentful of Constantine for abandoning him to his fate. With some mediation from Batman, Simpson loans them the Kishanti Key, a magical artifact used to access different planes of existence, to probe the mind of one of the involuntary spree killers who is being held in the Metropolis Central Hospital. Constantine and Zatanna jointly look through the man's memories for the cause of his frenzy. Discover that he was possessed by a shade bearing a strange ring. Their unknown sorceress adversary creates a monster made of living feces. <laughs> really? I guess. And sends on a rampage through the hospital after the heroes, forcing dead man and Batman to engage it. The feces monster. Did that happen? It was like a giant monster in the hospital. It looked, yeah, it looked like, like a big pile of shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I, they never really say that that's what it is, but there's one scene, like when, when dead man possesses that nurse. And she like, and then that thing like busts out the room. She goes, "Who dropped the bedpan?" Like, oh, but that's the only reference they make to what it was. So the, the living feces on a rampage to the hospital after the heroes forcing dead men to engage it. The feces monster manages to reach the man <laughs> and begins to devour him and the entrance into his mind. Constantine and Zaytana narrowly manage to escape as the creature consumes its victim, and Zaytana proceeds to destroy the monster. I would just use toilet paper. Yeah, that, right. That's his weakness. Yeah, remember like Batman like dropped like a defibrillator in it. Yeah, it, like shocked him up. Yeah, like a big pile of brown. Oh milk. yeah, that's weird. I didn't realize. Like I was kind of drunk when we watched this, but oh dude, I was I was already passed out. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> you you have more of a mem- recent memory of it, but I didn't realize they were fighting poop monster. It's pretty bizarre. I am shit man. <laughs> 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 that's funny. <laughs> All right. I am shit, man. No. All right, so returning to Richie's home in order to identify the ring from the man's memory, the team finds him about to die with Jason Blood and the shroud standing over him. Batman revives Richie with a shot to the chest, like a shot of adrenaline. He's like, why? Uh, He then quickly falls into a coma. Blood attempts to flee but is then captured by Constantine after being... Brought to the house, a mystery for interrogation. Blood tells the team that he did not attempt to hurt Richie, but he was looking for a way into the house of mystery to find the Dreamstone. Blood recounts a time whenever he was a knight of Camelot, and a sinister magician naming himself Destiny came to conquer the lands according to the Dreamstone he created. Blood fought against him and the and clove the Dreamstone in two. But he was mortally wounded. Merlin summoned Etrigan to destroy Destiny, offering him freedom in return. Etrigan battled Destiny and banished him, but Merlin bound Etrigan to Jason Blood, anticipating that Destiny was not truly defeated. Richie awakens and names Felix Faust as his assailant before falling back to sleep. Etrigan's the original rapper. Damn straight. Everything he says is in rhymes. <laughs> What's the oh man? What's the uh, the thing he says? I don't know. To become Etrigan, 
he says something. It's fucking cool. I said it all day so I wouldn't fucking forget it, and I totally forgot it. Change, change, O form of man. Free the prince forever damned. Free the might from fleshy mire. Boil the blood in the heart of fire. Gone, gone, a form of man. Rise the demon Etrigan. Yeah, that's all he says at the end there. I think in the comics it's all this, but all he says is gone, gone, no form of man. Rise the demon Etrigan. Yeah. It's really short, <laughs> but it's cool. To return to human form, this poem must be recited. Gone now. Gone now, O Etrigan, and rise again, or rise once more, the form of man. Intriguing. That definitely doesn't happen in the movie. Interesting. All right, but, so, we'll see here. I'll say Etrigan limitations. Uh, Etrigan has all the limitations usually associated with the demon, including weakness towards holy powers and iron. Additionally, when Green Arrow once shot a fire extinguisher arrow into his mouth, Batman told Etrigan that the only way to stop the pain was to change back to Jason Blood. His command of magic is strong, but considered to be less than his father Belial and half-brother Merlin. Huh. The magician. Additionally, Belial granted the power of Etrigan to both Merlin and another son, Lord Scapegoat. He is also helpless against those with powers strong enough to control Etrigan, such as Morgane Le Fay. Let me get some powers and abilities real quick. Even among demons, Etrigan is considered to be extremely powerful. He has above superhuman strength, mystically enhanced, to the degree that he can stand against a powerhouse such as Superman, Wonder Woman, and Lobo. Wow. He has a high degree of resistance to injury and can projectile hellfire from his body, which we saw. Usually from his mouth. He has a very high command of magic. Other powers include mystically enhanced fangs and claws, enhanced senses, super speed, agility, telepathy, energy blast, and precognition. His sadomistic... Sadomasist... Whatever. Nature allows him to enjoy pain as if it were pleasure, making him generally fearless in the face of combat and torture. <laughs> His healing factor can handle an incredible amount of damage, allowing him to recover from wounds that have been that have removed large sections of his body. He also he has pyrokinesis and cryokinesis, enabling him to manipulate fire and ice. As seen in the Brave and the Bold, it appears that he has had some pow- matter manipulation power on a molecular level. His power can be extended by another magical devices such as the Crown of Horns. Etrigan is also provided with insight to religious aspects and other forbidden of secret knowledge. Cool. Go toe to toe with Lobo, huh? That's crazy. Yeah, hell yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> All right, so back to the recap here. Let's see, uh, in order to locate Faust, Constantine and the team go to find Swamp Thing. Uh, Swamp Thing agrees to transport the team to <coughs> Faust's observ- observatory. But declines to join the group's flight or fight. Yeah, um, which is like I didn't like Swamp Thing has way more powers than I could have ever imagined. Like, oh yeah, apparently we know nothing about Swamp Thing, but he's fucking crazy. He's like he reminds me a lot of Poison Ivy, but crazier. Yeah, but he's just like you know what I mean. He's super like a, like he's like I'll crush this flower or something. I think, I think it was yeah, like, yeah. He's like he protector of the green. He says he is fucking huge too. And dude, he's uh, what the the Marvel has Man Thing. Yeah, he's almost the same exact thing. Like they look exactly like. Do you want to read his powers and abilities? Yeah, sure. I got. I didn't even bring it up. Let's see. I'll, I'll continue reading this. Okay. Uh, so he like, he te- like he can like teleport them. It's crazy. Like Swamp Thing agrees to transport them to Faust Observatory. He just like teleports them there. I didn't know he could do that, but declines to join the group's fight because it's not his fight. Whatever. He's just kind of solo kind of guy. When they infiltrate Faust's lair, the wizard battles the team, but is ultimately defeated by Zaytana. He even states, he goes, you're the biggest threat in here. And, like, she finally lets loose, and she fucking is crazy, dude. She almost kills him. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, dude, that scene was nuts. This fight was crazy. But, like, she couldn't even talk in this in this thing, which is which is uh, smart of Faust to do because he knows that you need to, like, say incantations and shit. But she was smart enough to find the, the totem or whatever that, that allowed that. And it, if you notice, the totem was like a, a girl with a, a, a bandit over her mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she like broke it, and she was able to talk again, and then she fucked some shit up. Yes, she fucking did. Well, he knew she was going to come, and he prepared for her alone, which was crazy. And that was very, that was very Batman-y. Oh, yeah, smart, smart fucking. And this battle shows uh, a lot of uh, Constantine's quick thinking, too. 
when he like got crushed by all that rubble, but Constantine like throws that thing down, and he was protected by like an android barrier type of thing. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Right, we'll read the powers and abilities of Swamp Thing here. All right, quick. so Swamp Thing can inhabit and animate vegetable matter anywhere, including alien plants, even sentient ones, and construct it into a body for himself. As a result, bodily attacks mean little to him. He can easily regrow damaged or severed body parts and can even transport himself across the globe by leaving his current form, transferring his consciousness into a new form grown from whatever vegetable matter is present in the location he wishes to reach. He even grew himself a form out of John Constantine's meager tobacco supply on one occasion. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's pretty fucking nuts. Uh, Swamp Thing is normally human size or slightly larger than average, but he can grow bodies much larger. Yeah, as we see. Uh, he once used a sequoia. I don't even know how to fucking say that. Sequoia DA? It's like a tree. It's a big tree. To grow a body size. The a red body the size of an office block. Pretty crazy. Swamp Thing possesses superhuman strength, while Swamp Thing's strength has never been portrayed as prominent, prominently as many... Of his other abilities, he's arguably one of the most powerful beings in the DC universe. Yeah, I'd say. Uh, DC, uh, DC's New 52 continuity made several changes, though mostly highlighting previous abilities and physical look not dissimilar from previous inca- incarnations. Um, New 52 continuity did, however, bring Swamp Thing further into the shared universe continuity by placing him permanently in the Justice League Dark Team lineup. Partnering with many familiar faces like John Constantine, Zatanna, Z- who the fuck is it? Oh, that's her last name. Zatanna, Zatara, and Deadman. Swamp Thing's powers and abilities make him the true powerhouse of the team. His power limits have yet to be established. He has demonstrated su- sufficient strength to rip large trees out of the ground with ease and trade blows with the likes of Etrigan the Demon. Wow! So he can well, pretty as much we trade just blows learned. With his elbow. Yeah, as we just learned. <coughs> Uh, so Swamp Thing can control any form of plant life. He can make it bend to his will or accelerate its growth. This control even extends to alien life as he once cured Superman of an infection caused by an exposure to Kryptonian plant that was driving... Oh, that's not like that black... Superman mad. Yeah, black... Uh, oh, fuck, I don't even remember. You, know, we, you all know what we're talking about. Uh, causing his body to burn out its own power. Um, after... The run of Mark Millar, Swamp Thing had also mastered the elements of fire, earth, water, and air. <clears throat> the parliaments of each were later killed by the word, implying that he has retained these abilities and has the power once held by the parliaments. This is yet to be explained. The new Swamp Thing, as resurrected Alec Holland, has no power over the White Lantern, power over a White Lantern power ring. <coughs> but he can control all forms of plant life and even grow every kind, even if it's unknown to him. He can also from he can also grow from any plant life anywhere, dead or alive. This see this is seen when Cedar creates a portal to the moon and banishes him there. However, Holland simply resurrects himself back on Earth from the plants growing on the Cedar's face. Jesus, crazy. What's even crazier is that like he teleported all of them with him. Like he did, he did that feat, but took people with him. Yeah, that's crazy. Fuck yeah, dude, that's insane. All right. So uh, it says, however, Faust is found to have no involvement in hurting Richie. Yeah, he's like, I don't even know why. Like it's funny because he like prepared for them to show up, but he had nothing to do with. He didn't really have anything to do with what was happening. <laughs> right. So back at the House of Mystery, Richie awakens and is revealed to have other piece of the Dreamstone before he assumes control over the house. And because it's funny, because he says, "Do whatever he needs." You yeah, because like th- that girl, I can't remember what her name was, but it says it up in the. We said it earlier, but she is a manifestation of the house's magic or whatever. She's just like an oh yeah, yeah. She's like a black the, orchid. The house's butler, and uh, Constantine is in control of her, so he, she does what he says. So when he says, "You know, do whatever he needs." He can now. Con- he didn't expect Richie to be a fucking cocksuck. Yeah, right. Just be a pain in the ass. That scene was crazy. He like tells her walking to that fire. Yeah. Fucking fire. Like wow. So he apparently destroys Black Orchid, but I don't think you can because she is just the house can just create a new one. Right. So she uh, just stood there and took it. You know, her skin burned right off and shit. She crazy. probably felt nothing. She's just a manifestation. It's probably. I mean, it was only a temporary because you see her later in the movie, so it's not like she died. Yeah. 
So, uh, to the re- to the returning and the heroes, Richie reveals that he found and has been using the Dreamstone to keep his cancer in remission. But then he is seemingly killed when the Dreamstone brings Destiny back to life. Destiny declares himself a god. Destiny kind of takes over his body, right? Is that how that worked? He kind of yeah. He's kind of just like born of <coughs> from him. Like he just like showed up. He didn't really look like the guy at all. So a destiny declares himself a god, destroys the house, and departs to sink the United States into chaos. Zatanna saves the group, but passes out from the exertion. The Justice League tries to fight destiny, but makes them perceive each other as demonic threats. Uh, Etrigan attacks destiny, but is separated back into Jason Blood and Etrigan. Yeah, they like separated the bodies. Like, so the only thing keeping Jason Blood alive all, all this time from his fatal wound was being Etr- uh, having Etrigan as his counterpart. And when they separated, Jason Blood's injury from fucking the, the Dark Ages came right back. Yep. And Which Constant- is pretty sad. So Constantine summons Swamp Thing, who agrees to fight Destiny, while Batman on the reco- while Batman and the recovered Zatanna disable the, the Justice League. Destiny defeats Swamp Thing by taking Alec Holland's corpse from his body. That was crazy. Yeah, that that was sad too. Like, like he could like read his mind, and he was just like. He's like, I can tell you, you know, you care for all the all these things, but you you deeply wish to be a human again. And he's just like, let me separate that. But he looked like a fucking corpse. Like yeah, dude, it was crazy. I was like, wow, but dude, he fucks him up. Oh yeah, dude, he was smashing him through buildings. And <laughs> I was like, whoa. That scene, that scene is badass. Like, I mean, like there was that. I think it was like there's that scene where Batman's standing there, and like Superman's like all of a sudden frozen, right? But like he was about to punch him. Yeah, but like Tana had him frozen yep. or some shit. And she was like, he was at the fucking kill by Batman. <laughs> Yo, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> she like, was like, you better fucking go right now because this is not easy to hold. No. Even, you know, Batman, see, that's like I've said it before, but there's a huge misconception. Batman isn't weak to magic. No, Superman is not weak against magic. He just doesn't have resistance to it. Right. You know, so he, he just isn't any more resistant to magic as, say, Batman or Wonder Woman. You know, he's not weak against it. Right. But he's still so strong that it's still hard to control him with it. So, you know, that, that's, it's not like just because you have magic, you're automatically going to defeat him. You know, he just has to fight a little bit differently when it comes to that. He can't just stand there and take magic hits all day. Right. But, uh, yeah, that fight, the whole thing, like, Batman's fighting with Green Lantern, and he, like, fucking, in the middle of fighting, it was... Uh, John Stewart. John Stewart. He yep. like, takes the ring right off his finger. <laughs> like John Stewart tries to do something and then he's like Batman's like huh and like knocks him out or something I was like wow Batman's like, crazy that's an impressive feat to take a ring off of a green but I also love it like it doesn't even matter who is voicing Batman you know I mean if you had your eyes closed and you were watching this movie you can totally be like well that's totally Batman like yeah. you know I mean this was like a guy I've never heard Jason O'Hara or O'Mara <laughs> or whatever I've never heard of him voicing Batman before it's always like uh, that dude from the Arkham games yeah but yeah. like you said though it's a it's just that very confident, bland voice. Like he's, he never gets excited. You know, no, I just, just love it, dude. It's so fucking perfect. <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say? I don't know. Something. All right. Uh, but that was part. That was probably the most dope part of this movie. Was definitely Swamp Thing fighting Destiny. Dude, he was easily knocked through six buildings at least. Yeah, that was. We had like that force field thing around him, so it was. But still, I was like, holy fuck, dude. Like, he was just like, boom, 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 boom. I was like, damn. Right. Crazy shit. All right, so then we got, uh, let's see. Here's a Constantine tricks Destiny into bringing him uh, and Deadman within his protective shield, allowing Deadman to wound Destiny before Constantine, Batman, and Blood destroy the Dreamstone and Destiny's body. Um, leaving Richie, whose soul is dragged to hell by the Shroud Spirits. Right after Blood succumbs to his mortal wound from the cent- from centuries before, Zaytana, Constantine, and Etrigan bury Blood's body near the place of his old village before Etrigan uh, leaves the parts leaves for parts unknown. Zaytana agrees to join Constantine or join the Justice League, um, while Constantine declines to return <coughs> to the now rebuilt House of Mystery, taking a first tentative step to restoring their fractured relationship and dead man likewise joins the restored black orchid as her soulmate yeah yeah dead man fucking like they have a little crush on each other it's funny but we're gonna watch this fight real quick it's one minute long hell yeah
fucking animation in this movie. Like it. Yeah, dude, this is so sick. I haven't seen this live action. That would be nuts! So that that Pretty battle was quick, dope. but that was fuck. Oh my god! Like he just showed up and started immediately fucking shit up. Like wasn't even like didn't even ask questions. Like why am I here? He's just like, oh this motherfucker, and like he just started <laughs> beating ass, dude. It was so cool. Hell yeah, awesome, great it. fucking movie. Yeah, it was awesome. If you haven't watched it yet, seek it out. Yeah, totally worth it. Probably only like ten bucks now. Yeah, it's it's a good fucking. The animation was fucking top notch. The fu- everything was it's just a good story. It was, I mean, it wasn't a very long movie, so I mean. No, it was you know about an hour and hour and a half, something like that. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so for next time, I was thinking, because uh, there's still we still got a, a couple weeks yet before uh, CW stuff comes back, and once that comes back, that'll be pretty fucking full force, and then Walking Dead will come back, that'll be full force, and then all of a sudden we'll be hit with Thor. So maybe Lane, what do you think about possibly doing, trying to research and doing? Like a history of Ragnarok. Yeah, we could do that before the movie. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do a little bit of a recap for everybody so they... Uh, <laughs> we could even do that in the same episode. With... Uh, what's his name? Stoey. Yeah, we could. That way he can be part of it. Like, tell Stoey to do that too. And then we yeah. can... Like, so whenever we do Ragnarok, the first part of that, we're going to talk about the original storyline. Yeah. And then we'll talk about the movie. That way Stoey can be a part... If you, Yeah, it's up to you if you like... No, I'm down with that. That's fine. That's fine. And then we'll, uh, and then, yeah, not long after that, we'll do Justice League. So I can already sense that there's inevitably going to be like a bunch of weeks where we do like double, t- double CW stuff and double Walking Dead stuff because of the, the Justice League and Thor being so close together. Yeah, and just keep in mind when we do, we're going to do Walking Dead season premiere. That's going to be the all we're talking about that episode. You know we're gonna fucking dive deep into that shit because I can't I oh I can't wait oh yeah it's gonna be awesome but yeah so I'm good for right now I don't have, oh yeah we can real briefly talk uh, we're gonna do a special pretty soon like probably like two weeks from now hopefully if she agrees to it I haven't really spoke to her but with uh, with Heather Ness the she's an author <coughs> and she wrote a book called um, the unofficial it's like Broken Heroes the unofficial guide to defenders psychology and defenders um just we could do it possibly do it we'll do it separately i'll do it afterward what? i'll put it right at the beginning that way it's okay solid you know solitary all right yeah so it's called uh broken heroes an unofficial guide to the trauma and psychology of marvel's defenders so we ordered this book. It should be here uh, Wednesday. We'll uh, be able to read it. It's a 144-page book. We'll be able to read it. It's uh, $2.99 on um, Amazon for Kindle. And if you have Kindle Unlimited, it is free. So definitely check it out. If you're if you're into the Defenders, we're going to try to finish it and then read the book. All that good stuff. It, it As far as I know, we can start reading the book because it breaks down stuff from yeah. Daredevil and all that stuff like that. Yeah. I think it, it's the Defenders. It should be here like soon. Wednesday. Yeah, and if all goes well, you know, we're going to have this woman on our show, right? Yeah. And she's a psychologist, and she just, I think she 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 seeked us out. Yes, yeah, she got a hold of us on Twitter, and then, or saw us on Twitter, and then emailed us um, to, to be a part of the show, wanting to promote her book and all that, all stuff like that. So well, we have no idea when yet, but this is going to be an interesting episode. You know, she's going to dive deep into the psychology of superheroes and you know, just particularly her book, and it's going to be cool. Like, uh, it's going to be a completely different aspect on this. And it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and she said we could talk about anything. We can even do Marvel and you know DC. She can, you know, she said she's she's looked into a lot of things. So I was like, that sounds awesome. You know, what I mean, something that we've never done yet. So we can definitely give that a, an honest shot. And uh, so yeah, I'm done with what I got to say. Go uh, review the show, Win a Funko. Yes, get it. Win the fucking. Planet Hulk, Hulk, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, if nobody wins it, uh, it's gonna go on our shelf, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to start another contest. Yeah, because I'm not gonna, just, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna recycle the same damn contest over and over again. So if you don't want that Funko to be on our shelf, 
and you want it on yours instead, go review the show. I don't care where it is. There's like mo- there's so many places you can do it. Uh, take care of it. So, yeah, thank you for joining us for episode. <laughs> and uh, see you next week. See ya. <laughs>